When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Is John Mayer on right now? Because now I'm thinking we're being surprised. John Mayer is here in New York City at Madison Square Square Garden the next couple of days. Yeah, but you have to ask yourself, is that why he's really here? I literally started looking behind me. Is that why he's really here? I started looking behind me hoping (laughs) that all of a sudden Nuno and Pat and Javante and Jerry booked John Mayer without us knowing and he was about to walk in the door. He wouldn't take my shine away at work. Ha! <laughs> ha! Uh, now I'm starting to think. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. With Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift taking all the attention, they, they can they can move and not have to worry about anything. Mm. By Some the way, of us nope. don't love the spotlight. No, exactly. Yeah. You don't have to worry about being paid oh, six. Wait, I'm sorry. Can, Some can... of us don't love the spotlight as you're on national TV and radio. No, I mean for our in your relationship. Oh, exactly. Some relationship. Are meant yeah, exactly. To keep oh, yeah. That's know? understood. Yeah, but yeah. so there's still a chance that you and John Mayer. We'll see. Well, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, John, come on in. No. Um, so last night, not a great night for CC or Giants fans. Great night for everybody waking up this morning in Seattle mm-hmm. as they are all pumped up. Rightfully so. Their team is three and one that we've heard so much about how great the Niners are in the NFC West. And they are. But you know what? Seattle's pretty damn good, too. 24-3 victory on the road at the Giants last night. Giants season, as CC has declared, is over. They're one and three at Miami, at Buffalo the next two weeks, home against Washington. They are in big, big trouble. And Seattle's defense looks like they have recreated, to some extent, the Legion of Boom. And we saw their top five pick, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Smalls to school, seven tackles, two sacks. Pick six, 97-yard touchdown return, as you're seeing on the ESPNU side. He is fast. He hits hard. And they're just awesome right now in Seattle. They're way better than the Giants. And, they're, and CeCe, you've said it, and I agree, and I think Smalls agrees, that when we look at playoff teams right now, it's hard not to say Seattle and San Francisco in the West, Dallas and Philly in the East, everything else is kind of figuring itself out. Yeah, I don't think what we saw from Seattle last year was an aberration. I think that's who they're going to be with Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. And Geno, although he lost his cool a little bit after the Isaiah Simmons hip drop tackle, they were able to, of course, correct, and, and they operated the offense fine. They did enough to cruise to a win. The defense was what was the catalyst for Seattle's win last night. They had 14 points off of Giants takeaways. And, and my thing is this. I didn't think that that defense would be capable of playing up to that level, being as disruptive as they were, especially up front. We knew that they're built back to front, but they had 11 sacks last night and 26 pressures. 26 pressures on 45 dropbacks for the Giants. So it was outstanding by the Seattle defensive front getting after the quarterback. And I think that just speaks to the defensive genius of Pete Carroll. He's always found a way to be able to manufacture pressure and have the guys on the back end be able to hold up in coverage. Now, I think this Seahawks team is going to be a tough out. I mean, this is not by any stretch a situation where the 49ers are going to roll their helmet out there and get two wins against them. Um, I do see Seattle as a playoff team. I don't know exactly what their ceiling is, but they're definitely going to qualify for the postseason. 
When you talk about the Giants and the Seahawks in the offseason, the preseason, we were kind of talking about them in a similar vein. Like, yep. if what, what we saw last season, was that an outlier or was it real? And I think we're learning that Seattle was for real and that the Giants were not. And I just think that there needs to be a lot of credit given to not only Pete Carroll, but to the front office and how they build that team. Like, they added to a strength in the defense. A lot of people thought they should take a quarterback. A lot of people maligned them for passing on Jalen Carter, who obviously looks like he is going to be a stud in the NFL. But they went with Devin Witherspoon, and he is really paying dividends for them. But everything that Seattle is doing right, it seems like New York is doing wrong. You know what Seattle feels like? And it's I'll make an NBA weird comparison, but like last year, Golden State and the Lakers – were lower seeds because they didn't have great regular seasons. And it's mm-hmm. like the higher seeds, like, oh, God. Like Denver faced the, the Lakers, right? Yep. And you're like, we're going to beat them, but like, do we have to expend this much energy in beating them before we get to where we need to get to? Like, mm-hmm. clearly we're better, right? So you can see San Francisco or Philadelphia playing against Seattle in the playoffs, and they're going to win, but it's like, oh, God. We, we, like, seven guys are going to be hurt as a result of this one game because of how hard they hit, how intense they are, how well coached they are. It, they're an annoyance. And I say that as complimentary as could be because you you want to have more of a cakewalk kind of like, oh, this team made the playoffs. That's nice. We're going to win 42-10. to 10, But, like, we're going to have to win a 27-24 game against Seattle. Like, that's just annoying. And that's what it's going to be. And that's a compliment to them, Pete Carroll especially. Um, by the way, some other breaking news here in the NFL. Adam Schefter just tweets, Patriots standout pass rusher Matthew Judon will undergo surgery on his torn bicep Wednesday per source. He wants to come back to play again this year, but there are questions about whether he can or will. Either way, out indefinitely. The Patriots' two best defensive players um, are both going to be out for a long period of time. Matthew Judon, their outside linebacker, and Christian Gonzalez, their first-round pick at the cornerback position. They're both not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, torn labrum for Christian Gonzalez. It's a bad break, man. They're in big trouble. They're in big bad trouble. Break. You know what's funny? Yesterday on our show, people go back on the ESPN app and listen back to our podcast, and it was happened in conversation that I was having. I was over at uh, our friends at ESPN New York hanging out there for a little bit, talking to some people, and multiple people have brought up, well, parody in the NFL, parody in the NFL. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting. We talked about that on Unsportsmanlike yesterday. And that term is thrown out so often that the NFL likes to boast and brag about parody in the NFL. Is that real? Because if you think about the NFL for a second, like, do we really have parody? Like, for example, the San Francisco 49ers have won 14 straight games. Chicago Bears have lost 14 straight games. The Niners have been in the NFC title game three of the last four years. The Eagles have played in the Super Bowl two of the last five years. The Rams have been in the Super Bowl two of the last six years. If you think about Kansas City, they've been in the AFC title game four games, four years in a row. Cincinnati, two years in a row. Five years in a row. Five years in a row. Excuse me. Five years in a row. From 12 to 19, eight straight AFC title games for New England. Kansas City's been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years. Jacksonville had the number one pick overall in 21 and 22. The Browns in 16 and 17. Carolina may not keep it because they give it to the Bears, but they may end up with the number one pick two years in a row. That doesn't sound like parody to me. That sounds like we have the same teams being great every single year and the same teams being bad every single year. Is it a, is it a myth? No, I don't think parity is a myth. I think that what it comes down to is do you have a quarterback or not? And if you do, do you have the infrastructure in place to take full advantage of it? Like the Chargers have a quarterback. Everybody can see that Justin Herbert can play football, right? Yeah. But but they don't have the infrastructure to, to take advantage of it. They don't have the coach. They don't have the front office. They don't have the complementary pieces to accentuate what Justin Herbert does really well, which is play quarterback in the National Football League. So I, I do think that a part of why we see some of the same characters in the postseason, in the championship rounds, a lot of that has to do with head coach-quarterback combination. Uh, and once you have that figured out, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to have success. But it does turn over – 
every so often. Like you're talking about teams having a championship window in the NFL of two to three seasons. Well, let me say it differently. Teams not named the Kansas City Chiefs or the New England Patriots over the last two decades. You're you're talking about them having a a window of about two or three years to capitalize on it. And so I think that's what we see, and that's how the NFL changes. And we're always wondering – Who's the next team that's going to rise up and be the primary challenger to the team that is in the middle or in the heart of their championship window? I think that's how the NFL changes, and that's what brings the intrigue with the regular season. There's always drama in the NFL regular season. It doesn't feel anticlimactic in any way, shape, or form, even though we know that at some point, if you're going to win a championship, you got to deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) As long as Patrick Mahomes is there and Andy Reid is there. And they're kind of the outliers, just like the Patriots were. But I think outside of those two dynamics, teams, there is parity in the NFL, or at least there's the opportunity for parity in the NFL. You're right, CeCe. If you are a bad team, you get the opportunity to draft a quarterback, that's a 50-50 coin flip. you got to no make doubt. sure that you hit on the quarterback, but there's the opportunity for you to draft a franchise change, changing players and change your fortunes. I mean, if you look at division turnover, even look at the NFC West, okay? The, the Seattle Seahawks were the, you know, the cream of the crop in the NFC West. Then the Rams won a Super Bowl. Now it's the 49ers. It's not as if one team has dominated over the past 10 years in that division. I see, I think you see turnover all the time. Yeah, I mean, by definition, parity, the state or condition of being equal, especially regarding status or pay. Obviously, the last part we can look at differently because different positions are different, paid different way. <coughs> Excuse me, but the status of being equal, I don't see it in the NFL at all. Like, I just see the same teams that are great every single year. You know, you mentioned the Seahawks. The Seahawks are still great. And their lull wasn't that much of a lull. The Niners have been great for a decade. It's just been different quarterbacks and different people. I mean, because you forget, like, they were in the Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh, right? They had, what, one Tom Sula and Chip Kelly, like, one or two down years there. Yeah. But Jim Tom Sula, by the way, won a rugby championship as a coach. Random as hell. That's the most, <laughs> Like, literally, last week or whatever it yeah. was, he was a head coach in the NFL, and now he's a rugby coach. I bet he loves the tush push. Yeah, that's true. That is a big rugby play. Uh, and wasn't that guy accused of, uh, well, in the press conference, maybe there was some noises going on with him um, out of the touch. Anyway, so the overall, the overall <laughs> he parody. It. No, he the guy, it. Go look it up. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> the guy, the, the overall in the NFL, the idea of parody, I think is a, is totally a lie. I don't think it's real. I think it's James Harden to Daryl Morey. I think it's a lie. I do not think it's real. The Steelers are always above 500. Your Ravens are good every year. Yeah. But every single but year. But there's only one winner. There's only one well, of champion. Of course, but there's that's only... every team. No, every, I, no, I, mean, I, no I, I get it. I get it. But there was a point in the 2010s with the Golden State Warriors where we knew they were going to win a championship. Starting the season, you knew who was going to win. Right. You knew who was going to hold up the Larry O Trophy. It was Steph Curry. It was Draymond Green. It was Klay Thompson. There was no theater to it. There was no drama to it because we already knew what the end result was. Very rarely do we go through an NFL season and we say, we know what the result is going to be. We know who's going to win the chip. Now, we get it. Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid have hosted five straight AFC championship games. And as long as those two are there in Kansas City, they're going to have something to say about it. But it's not a fait accompli. It's not a court-gone conclusion that they're going to win the title every single year. Hell, we saw them lose to a wild-card team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, quarterbacked by Tom Brady in 2020. So, again, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that even teams in the middle of dynastic runs 
can't be beat. Anybody can get got game to game. And I think the one game sample size is what makes the NFL an outlier in comparison to all those other major professional team sports. And I think part of the parity conversation too, in addition to financials and the construct of the draft, is that you have a dynasty coming out of Kansas City. You ha- you It doesn't matter what market you're in. You're in Cincinnati. You're able to build a winner. I think in other sports, particularly baseball, you look at the, the way things are constructed there and major market teams have an advantage where I, and when you were talking about parody, don't tell that to the New York Mets or the Yankees listen, listen, <laughs> or the you have, Angels you have to take advantage of it but yeah. you have the opportunity whereas I think in the NFL part of the parody is that you can be a small market team and be great right but again Kansas City you say that and I'm going to ask you a question you've asked us mm. if I said to you right now you have to bet a dollar Kansas City or the field to win the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm taking the Chiefs. That's the point. I'm taking the field. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs too. Yeah. I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Yeah. And that would be their third Super Bowl and their sixth straight AFC championship game after the team before them in New England had eight straight AFC championship games. This is the thing. I don't buy it. it. But here's what I'll say. It's hard to do what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. It was hard to do what Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots do. Every so often, every generation, we have one organization that can figure it out. But prior to these stints with these quarterbacks, those franchises haven't done it. And they've been playing football in the NFL for a long time. The league's been around over 100 years. You know what I mean? So, like, think about that. The Patriots in their existence, like, this was the time in the 2000s and the 2010s with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. For the Kansas City Chiefs, this is their time now. I mean, you're talking but about. That would indicate parity. That's my point. Is that what you're saying? Your point, yeah. which is a good one, is you're relying on the idea of we're going to have, let's call it eight years, just for argument's sake. Yeah. We're going to have an eight year stretch where one team's going to be dominant. Then we're going to have the next eight year stretch where one team's going to be dominant. Now we're going to have another eight year stretch where the team's going to be dominant. Meaning, in other sports, that happens as well, but the NFL claims to have the parity. Like, if I told you Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, went to a team in the AFC, whatever team you want to yeah. make up, and then. Four years from now, he will start an eight-year stretch of being in the AFC Championship game six of those eight years. You're going to believe that. That does not indicate parity. Well, well, here's the thing. I don't know that that's actually going to happen because we don't know if Caleb Williams is going to develop. I guess my whole point is this. There's parity in the sense that there's equity and the opportunity to have that dynastic window. Yes. Like you have an equal footing when it comes to being able to put together your team, being able to put together your head coach and your quarterback that gives your organization a chance to have sustained success. I think that's what makes the NFL a, a little bit different in, from those other sports, and that's what makes it so hard simultaneously at the same time to stay up top. Yeah, the Bears are a disaster and have been for quite some time. If Caleb Williams goes to Chicago, we like their their chances a little bit more. Yeah. And that therein lies the conversation of parity, that you can take a team from the bottom and bring like it Like Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati exactly. Bengals, right? right like we're, his we're second gonna, or third year, they were, they were in the AFC Championship game. Exactly. And they hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years prior. Correct. We're going to continue this. We've got to get to Emo Day coming up. 888-SAY-ESPN <laughs> as part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Is parity a real thing in the NFL or is it made up? Yes, Emo Day in the NBA next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM80, all the great ESPN stations across the country. Watch us on ESPNU. Yesterday was NBA media days across the league. No James Harden, of course, did not show up as they are on their way to the Colorado Springs facility for the Sixers training camp without, <laughs> without James Harden, of course. But the big story for media day, the visual at least, and we'll describe it on the radio side, was Jimmy Butler <laughs> of the Miami Heat. The that Jimmy Butler, for those who want to understand this better, basically what media day is, because Smalls and I have covered days like this and covering teams. CC has been a part of it as a player on a team, photo day, media day, whatever it is. That basically the media is given an opportunity to spend a day in and around that team, photographing, videoing, recording, whatever it may be. Here's your stuff for the year. So a lot of the networks, including ours at ESPN, will have these team given and uh, photoshopped <laughs> um, photo shoots. Excuse me, with ours, Jimmy Butler's on the screen right now on ESPNU, and they'll have these pictures for the entirety of the year. So then those are the pictures when you're watching a game and you see a player, you know, a profile of the player and a full screen graphic <laughs> that you see basically what the picture is. And the picture dates back months and months ago. You took yours, what, in August? And if mm-hmm. you made the Super Bowl, they were using the August picture for February, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So that's how – so looks can change. Jimmy Butler does it on purpose where he trolls everybody. <laughs> and he always comes up with a different look. And yesterday he flat ironed or straightened his hair. And he looked – people are saying he looks like Andre 3000 in the Hey Ya video yeah. for um, out, without Outcast. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I see a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit, a of, little bit of Cat Williams 100%. in there. I can see that. Yeah. It's just an amazing mm-hmm. emo piercings, just a brilliant thing. So that stole the headlines yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that was the number one thing. But some other notes in and around the NBA. Let's start with your team, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, CC. Dave McMenamin, ESPN, NBA, and Lakers reporter, uh, spoke to LeBron. And LeBron, um, well, he didn't tell the truth. Here we go. Listen to this. Your contracts aren't aligned. Yeah. He goes beyond you now. Mm-hmm. How has he set up his time with this franchise to potentially be the next face? Uh, maybe when you're no longer on the court with the uh, Lakers. I mean, he's, I mean, he is the face, um, you know, and uh, he's another. You know, you look at all these numbers that surround this, this facility, all the greats that's come here, and 80 is one of them, you know. So, um, you know, the, I was very, um, very happy and extremely proud and, like, just super dope to see him get that extension. Uh, to be a part of this franchise for years and years and years. And uh, it's been a treat so far playing alongside of him, and I hope we can do some great things. Yeah, uh, AD is a face. Yeah. He ain't the face of the Lakers. No, but I think LeBron James is greasing the skids a little bit because he realizes if he's going to win a championship with the Lakers again, 
then the next go-round is going to be a little bit different. Like, Anthony Davis is going to have to be the best player on the team. And I think this is Braun acknowledging that and also recognizing he's in the twilight of his career. He's going to need more help from his supporting cast. All the other guys that stepped up toward the end of last season and on into postseason, they're going to have to continue to grow and develop. Austin Reeves and Rui Achimura, they added Christian Wood this offseason in the front court. So I think this is Braun, in a roundabout way, acknowledging his own mortality when it comes to his, his, his basketball he career. He does this every year, though. He always And I give him credit for trying to empower, but – He's still the best player on the team. Yeah, he's being deferential yeah. to Anthony Davis. He's he's trying to be a good teammate. He knows he's the face of the Lakers. I, I don't know that he's the best player on that team, though. Yes, he is. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, I, mean, I don't I, know I, if I agree with that. I mean, the, Lake, the Lakers, after the All-Star break, had the best record in basketball, and LeBron James missed a month. Like it was because of what Anthony Davis did on the offensive end and the defensive end. Like that that that's what made them get on a roll, build momentum going into the postseason. They rolled that to the conference finals. So I, I don't think that LeBron James is the best player on that team, but that's not a knock on LeBron James. LeBron James is still him. It's just that in order for him to win another title, it's going to have to look a little bit different than it did down in the bubble several years ago. All right, there was another thing in L.A., and that's with the other team, Kawhi Leonard. So you know that there's the, the rules and regulations about load management this year in the NBA. They have to play at least 65 games. Uh, well, Kawhi Leonard was asked about that, as he is known as the uh, king of uh, load management. Let's hear what the Clippers forward had to say. If the league is seeing or trying to mock what I did with the Raptors, then they sh- should stop because I was injured during that whole year. Um, but other than that, if I'm able to play, I'll play basketball. Um, you know, I'll work out every day in the summertime to play the game, not to sit and watch people play. Um, you know, so no league policy is helping me to play more games. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi can fight it off all he wants. The load man, he's the face. You want to talk about face? He's, <laughs> like, he's no the doubt. face of no, load management. No I'm so, nobody's saying you weren't hurt at different times, but you can't sit there and fight. Like, it, just ignore the question and be like, I don't know, that's a league decision. Just move on. You can't fight it off. You're the face of load management. But that's why he's trying to fight it off. That's what he's going to be forever known for, right? How about DeAndre Ayton? He was part of the big Dame Lillard trade. He's now the center in Portland. He was asked what he brings to the Blazers. You think I'm corny. <laughs> Take a listen. Dominance. I bring dominance. My name is Dominating. Dominating. Wow. I did not write bad, that that's joke as bad for him. as it gets. I did not write wow. that now, joke now, for he him. May, he may be dominating at the bank, but he ain't dominating <laughs> on the court. Like they couldn't find minutes Dom- for him in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, he got to miss know, me with that. Why do you people do this to themselves? Because if he doesn't dominating, that's the headline. You have written the headline about yourself. Dominating. That wow. I'm kind of jealous. I'm kind of jealous. Bad. No, that's bad. Now, we circle back to James Harden. The biggest story, one of the biggest stories in addition to Jimmy Butler's hair is that he's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Morey, <laughs> the general manager of the uh, president of the 76ers, was asked about James Harden calling him a liar. Well, I don't think I have to interpret it. He said what he meant, uh, and I think that was well reported on. Obviously, attacks. I haven't responded to that because I think it falls flat on its face. 20 years of working in the league, always followed through on everything. Yeah, Cece, you know this better than we do, so just we'll finish with this part on the NBA Media Day recap from yesterday. Is it part of the job requirement if you're a general manager to not tell the whole truth? I feel like there there has to be a distinction between lying and a sports lie. Sometimes as a general manager, you might have a lie of omission because you're serving the best interests of the team, and that might not always align with the best interests of a player – 
and certainly one that you've had a lot of success with and in, in a personal relationship with. And I think that's where the Sixers are at with James Harden and Daryl Morey. So for James Harden to come out and make it adversarial, that's one thing. But Daryl Morey is not wrong for doing what's in the Sixers' best interest first and foremost. Yeah, if you're in the front office, don't you have to, if uh, us as consumers – take everything they say and read the tea leaves, they're never going to show all of their cards. They're never no. going to tell you exactly what's going on, nor should they. And I don't expect Daryl Moore to be any different. Yeah, I, I don't think he told the whole truth all the time. I'm not going to be go as far to say he's a liar because I wasn't a part of the conversation. Sure. I just think there's enough smoke both ways where I don't know that everyone's telling the entirety of the truth at all times. Yeah, but I don't have an issue with the general manager telling me one thing and then – doing something different after getting new information. Yeah. And I think that could be where we're at with James Harden from what happened two off-seasons ago to what happened this summer. And so maybe James feels a way that he gave some money back to the team. Well, not gave money back to the team, but didn't take as much as he could and left Daryl Morey some wiggle room to fill out the rest of the roster. But but you can't be mad at Daryl Morey because he can't get you to where you want to be and he's not willing to give you the bag of money that you want based on the no-show performances that you had in the postseason. Coming up, we get you ready for the MLB playoffs. They're all going to be heard on ESPN Radio. Small's World, MLB playoff predictions and storylines next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, all of our great ESPN stations across the country that will be carrying all of the baseball today. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Smalls, it's your world. Get us ready for the postseason here. It's time for postseason baseball. October (laughs) is here, boys. Buckle up. We're going to talk a lot of baseball on the show moving forward, if I have anything to say about it. But let's talk first about the NL wildcard matchups. Let's talk about the Brewers and the Diamondbacks. 
I think even despite losing Brandon Woodruff, which is a huge loss for the Brewers, that they still have the pitching to carry them through this versus the Diamondbacks. They still have Corbin Burns. They still have Freddie Peralta. This bullpen is absolutely rock solid. It's anchored by their closer, Devin Williams, who's absolutely bananas. If the offense can just give them a modicum of run support, the bullpen and Devin Williams are going to handle the rest. He throws that airbender changeup about 50% of the times. It's absolutely filthy. Craig Count is so deft at managing this pitching staff, which is why he's such a hot commodity and potentially filling some of these open managerial positions that are out there. But I think that the Brewers pitching, even despite losing Woodruff, can still carry them past the, the Diamondbacks. And this was an out-of-nowhere injury, correct me if I'm wrong, that all of a sudden it comes out, Brandon Woodruff, the pitcher for the uh, Brewers, and then everybody's like, "Wait, what? When did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> this right shoulder injury that I guess you know we as fans and media don't know this stuff. CC, but even in the world of the immense reporting that we have today, it's it's shocking that any injury can come out of nowhere. We always kind of hear about it or yeah. see about it, right? Yeah, you want to have that level of awareness with your players, especially one as important as Woodruff. But here's what I'll say. The Brewers, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You're That's talking right. about this team winning the division three times since 2018 and still not being able to get over that hump. Like 2018 was the furthest, the deepest playoff run they had when they got to the CS, but we're talking about them falling short in the division round or the wild card round ever since then. So this is the year that it feels like they need to actually do something with it. I'm not sure if they have what it takes to measure up against some of the other teams in the National League, some of the other superpowers with the Dodgers and the Braves. Well, let's talk about the other NL wild card and the Marlins and Phillies. Something weird always happens in October. There's always a team that comes out of nowhere and gets hot and has a surprise upset, and this is my pick for that. I'm picking the Marlins over the Phillies. Wow. On paper, the Marlins are better. They have a lot of star power, a lot of firepower. The Marlins are without their ace, Sandy Alcantara. But this team is young, it's tough, and they win in close games. They still have pitching outside of Alcantara to get it done. Lazardo, Cabrera, Garrett. Lazardo and Garrett... Uh, combined 4 and 0 against the Phillies this year. Miami has won the season series 7 to 6 and I love Skip Schumacher, their first-year manager. I know him from St. Louis. I covered him as a player. I covered him as a coach on that St. Louis staff. This guy knows how to be an underdog. That Cardinals team in 2011 that was 10 and a half games out that beat the 102-win Phillies and went on to win the World Series. He's going to get them in the right mentality to be able to beat the Phillies. I mean, if you're right about that, think about the year it's been for South Florida sports. The Heat were in the finals. The Panthers were in the Stanley Cup Finals. FAU and Miami in the Final Four on the <laughs> men's basketball side. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous if you're right about that. And again, this is a team that came out of nowhere. Nobody anticipated this. Forget before the season for the Marlins. During the season for the Marlins, they didn't anticipate this. Yeah, I just don't see how the Marlins are going to bullpen their way to wins against this lineup with Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and Schwarber, all of those dudes. I, I just think it's it's too tall a task to ask for when you don't have guys – that are shut down pitchers, aces in the postseason, I think it makes a big difference. They say momentum is the next day's starting pitcher, and when you don't have the top two pitchers going into a wild card series against a team that was in the World Series a year ago, you probably got some issues. Speaking of tall tasks, let's pivot towards some World Series predictions. The Orioles lost 110 games two years ago. Mm. Last year they were growing. They were The arrow was pointing up, but they, they just weren't there yet. This year, they've arrived. They won 101 games. They have so much young talent. Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson, he's probably going to be the rookie of the year in the AL. This is a quick turnaround. And I know a lot of people are thinking maybe this isn't the year. They're they're loaded with talent. 
and their farm system moving forward. But this lineup is deep. They can beat you on the bases. They have a sound defense. They know how to bounce back. They haven't been swept in 91 consecutive multi-game wow. series. They have, wow. they have a short, short uh, – they know how to turn the page quickly, right? And I just think that this is going to be one of the great stories in sports that the Orioles go to the World Series. And shout-out to their manager, Brandon Hyde. I met Brandon Hyde in 2003 when he was a minor league coach in the Marlins system. There was a random dinner that was arranged in West Palm when I was living there at the time. Uh, my buddy Steve Walsh, former NFL quarterback, was there. A bunch of other people. And this random dude named Brandon was there. Like, hey, nice to meet you. Well, now he's the manager of the Marlins. He was just a <laughs> random, honestly, to a point, a friend of mine said to me, he's like, hey, I heard you know the manager of the Marlins, I mean, of the um, Orioles. I was like, yeah, you do too. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, Brandon, the guy we were at dinner with. He goes, who? He goes, the guy we were, that guy's the manager? Every day, nice, wonderful guy, the manager of the team. And that's what happened, CC. I'm sure there was a lot of times you met like the backup special teams coach who's now a head coach in the NFL. You see these guys that just, you know, they work their way up. I mean, this is a baseball life for this guy working his way up to manage the Marlins. Well, Brandon High deserves to enjoy the success they're having right now because two seasons ago, this is a team that won 52 games. They won 52. So they've essentially in two years, doubled up their win total. Oh, absolutely. Going from 52 to 101 wins. But is that it's why? One of, it's one of the best stories in all of sports. And they're not going anywhere. They is, have so much talent. Is that why, though? Is there something to, let's go to the bottom to get to the top here? Yeah, we've seen it in baseball. I mean, the Houston Astros come to mind when you think about it. But, I mean, there's also the New York Yankees to thank for that, <laughs> given their ineptitude under Brian Cashman the last several years. But I digress because I'm a Yankees fan. Well, the Orioles might get there, but they're not going to win. Who is? I think the Atlanta Braves, despite some questions about pitching, are going to get it done. And I never picked the best team in baseball to win because the postseason is so random like that. Mm-hmm. Listen, I know that the pitching has some questions. Spencer Strider looked mortal down the stretch. Elder, tough second half. Max Fried missed a couple starts with a blister. Morton, out of the DS with that finger issue. Uh, the, the bullpen dealing with a bunch of injuries. But the offense is so good. It is so yeah, potent. It is, it is power, yeah. <laughs> power, power. They tied the single-season home run record. They, they became the first lineup to feature four players with 35-plus home runs. This lineup might give the pitching staff so much run support that it doesn't even matter. I just don't know if anybody's going to be able to outslug the Braves. I think that they win. Spencer Strider, who we should note, came out, what, within the last week and said he wishes there were no fans in the stands <laughs> for games. Not ideal. And by the way, Not there are more all. fans in the stands this year in Major League Baseball than there's been in many, many years. Yep. The rule changes have worked relative to attendance, right? I don't know that it's ever going to be like the national play outside of the playoffs that it used to be. It's more of a regional and local play. But in terms of overall attendance, I think people knowing, hey, I could get to the park and be out of here in two and a half hours instead of four and a half hours – has helped, obviously. Yeah, the average game this season was two minute, two hours and 45 minutes. So, I mean, if you're talking about being able to show up and know that you're going to be here for three hours rather than a four- or five-hour marathon, then that does a whole lot. But I also think the changes with the bases, making them bigger, oh, yeah. creating more action, opportunities for steals, those types of things, makes the game that much more intriguing, and you want to be there to see it in person. So, I think overall, baseball has done a good job at getting on the forefront of some of those changes. 
curious to see how those changes impact what we see in the postseason. Absolutely. Every pitch of the MLB postseason will be heard right here on ESPN Radio. I know our producer, Pat Costello, will be watching and listening to his Phillies, to which we all then are rooting against him, uh, against the (laughs) Phillies, just so Pat has to deal with the suffering of the Phillies losing because his um, basketball, or excuse me, his baseball team is uh, better maybe as or as good as his football team. His football team hasn't lost a game, so we need something to go wrong for Pat, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's over. Well, something already is happening. James Harden's not showing up for training. Yeah, that may be a good thing for them, actually. (laughs) Pat Costello with I'm Over It next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, each and every day at this time, we go to Pat Costello, whose Phillies are in the playoffs. It'll be heard on ESPN Radio against the Marlins tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we find out from Pat what he is over. Things (laughs) where Pat will say, I'm over it. Pat, floor is yours. Am I the only one who constantly has issues with their tires on their car? Are these things made out of paper mache now? I'm not sure why, but it seems like every day I'm getting in my car and the car uh, little indicator thing is popping up where I have low tire pressure. Is this a thing that only I'm dealing with? I'm super over it, and I'm tired of having to go to the tire store, I guess, and get new ones. It's really getting annoying. Well, as a Pats fan, I don't talk about inflation um, at all. <laughs> or deflation. Or any, either of the two. I don't actually go there. But it's amazing. I am so incompetent when it comes to cars. If any light comes on, I have no idea. I have to Google it immediately. Really? I'm, I mean, I know, like, hey, the gas light, yeah. that I know. You know the tire light, too, though, right? No? Sure. No, of course. I of course think. you do. Yeah, maybe, course maybe do. not. <laughs> Which is the one that's like the upside-down horseshoe. Yeah, that's the t- that's, that's a tire, tire one. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's a small. It's a horseshoe. It's a horseshoe with exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. It's the tire. That's pressure the tire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so then maybe pressure. I do know it. There you go. But no, I'm I'm saying. totally. I don't know how to change a tire. I can't change the tire either. I can't change. I have seen it done before, though. You and I can call somebody. I've seen, to change I've seen it done. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen it done. <laughs> no, I don't know how to change a tire. I'll no, own I, don't it. E- I don't either. Yeah. I can't change a tire. I went to a class and learned how to change a tire, but I've never tried to put it into practice. I don't think I could do it. But if we were right. like at a NASCAR race, the three of us, and we were part of the pit crew, 
basically what you're saying is you'd have a better chance of contributing to winning the race than the two of us would. Uh, yeah, just you remove the lug nuts, you know. I don't know what that even means. How many show hosts does it take to change a tire? The three of us together can figure it out. Uh, no we, chance. I think we could figure it out. We probably wouldn't win the race because no. it would take too damn long, but we could figure it out, <laughs> Could though. the three of us change a tire? What's How much time would we get to change the tire? I think it's just like me with a half marathon. We just have to get the job done. Yeah, exactly. Let's not put any pressure on ourselves. I wouldn't want to drive that car after the three of us <laughs> changed the no. tire. Hold on, serious question. Do you guys even know where your spare tire is in your car? In the trunk. Yeah, yeah in the yeah, trunk. Yeah, yeah. No, because not all cars are in the trunk. Okay, but well, I know where I know where mine is, though. Yeah. 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 But that's an interesting thing we could do. Yeah. Could the three of us change a tire? <laughs> We're gonna have to have a great car partner show up, bring a car out there with three <laughs> wheels, and see if the three of us could figure out that how would to be change hilarious. three wheels. I was thinking the three of us partner together to change one tire. Right. So three wheels on the car, one not there. Oh, I get what you're we saying. We would put okay. the fourth wheel on. All right, Pat, what else are you over? I like that Nuna said is anyone else's car in the trunk <laughs> uh i am what else do you keep in your trunk you know dead bodies what do you have in there my god no no i'm very over self-checkout at the grocery store yep. i have three items and i have to wait behind five people who have a cart full of stuff because there's only one person checking out el- uh, everyone else the normal way like can we get some like online training or something? Am I going to get a paycheck for having to do this by myself now? What like what's going on at grocery stores? What happened to the grocery store? I agree. I, now I understand why the grocery store would sit back and have the automatic or you know checkout or whatever it is. Yeah. Because they're saving dollars, obviously, on yeah. um, employment. But I would much rather if you say to me, "There's an empty self checkout line and a cashier." I'm going to the cashier. Really? Yep. Every time. Every time. I don't like people like that. So, I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'd rather deal with the machine than people. So you know that. why? I get nervous about the fruits and vegetables. Because, like, if I have the fruits and vegetables, like, how do you weigh them? And then if they have the wrong thing on there. That's a fair you, point. That is to, a fair point. And then when you and put you gotta it in the bag. you got to find the code and you got to enter the yeah. code. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Pat, I got you. if you're waiting behind all these people, two words, express lane. Why aren't you going I, in the express checkout if you only have three items? I don't have one. All we have is there's one cashier and the self-checkout. That's all we got. So I'm behind someone with like $400 worth of stuff. There's Ridiculous. no express lane? No. Yeah, all- I, I there, like- there you go, Pat. Instacart, brother. Figure You're it out, welcome. Well, yeah, that's, that's in, in, the other Instacart, thing. Pat. You're I welcome. Know. I really like going to the grocery store. So I don't do want I. somebody else picking out my y'all are on, I, Y'all I, are by yourselves on that island. I hate going to the grocery I store. I had such a peaceful moment this weekend. Saturday morning, I go and grab my coffee at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was at the supermarket by like 6.20, done with food shopping by 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. There was nobody in the supermarket but me. I get home. Nobody's awake. I unload all of the groceries. I'm downstairs in my office working. 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, I felt so accomplished. It was so peaceful. Oh, it was amazing. I love it. You felt like you figured out a life hack. Because I didn't know that supermarket was open at 6 in the morning. So when I drove by, I'm like, wow, it's open. Because normally seven's the open time, right? Sure. Yeah. Eight maybe on a weekend. Uh-huh. When you have a six o'clock place that's open on Saturdays, that's heaven for me. Uh, okay, can I ask a question? Of course. What, what the hell were you doing up driving around? I'm up early no matter I, what. Uh, okay. But think about it. I mean, but you're just cruising around the neighborhood no, I get my coffee. at 5.30 in the get morning. my coffee. Okay. I'm kind of wondering, CC, when Evan sleeps. I'm wondering about that. Right? He might be a vampire. Right, exactly. I, I'm not sure what's going Is on there. Is he like Edward Cullen over there? I don't know. 
Just I don't saying. think he okay. sleeps a lot. There, cruising, this is the way I was. Because you know what you and I are doing mean, on Saturday the morning? Mean sleeping. The Westchester at 5.30 <laughs> on a Saturday morning. I'm sleeping on a Saturday. Hell? I love it. I'm telling you. I put that out on Twitter, at Evco Radio. People can follow oh me. I think you even like the tweet, as a matter of fact. Maybe to bring up that I'm psychopath. But the amount of people are like, yep. You got it right. I could have my Brock Purdy MVP takes. Yeah. I could have my there's no parody in the NFL takes. Nobody agrees with me. When I put out there 6.30 a.m. Saturday food shopping, I'm like the greatest prognosticator ever in that spot. I'm going to tell you why I like to tweet. Okay, go the ahead. The reason why I like to tweet, it, it was some strategery involved in it. Okay. Strategery, All right. strategery, so remind right? you to rip me? No, because, <laughs> because my wife Mel loves to for me to go with her to the grocery store, and I hate Grocery shopping. I think it's a one-person job. You don't have to have two. Oh, I agree. And with you so there. I'm all. I'm also. I'm always like, well, just give me the list. I'll go do it myself, rather than us having to walk down the aisles together to okay. go grocery shopping. She hates that idea. She wants to go together. She feels like that's couples time. Quality we can time, have yeah. a you know, opportunity for quiet time. I think that's ridiculous. Grocery store. I'm in and out. But what you did for me mm-hmm. this past weekend yeah, let's is you gave me an out. You know why? Let's because if my wife says she wants us to go grocery shopping together, you know what I'm going to hit her with? Let's go at 6 o'clock in the morning. Because <laughs> the damn grocery store is open on Saturday morning. Let's do that. You want us to go together. <laughs> then we can go together, but it's going to be at 6 o'clock in the morning with nobody there. So thank you, Evan Almighty, <laughs> because you gave me that built-in retort. Or that counter, she's not going to expect it unless she's listening to the radio show this the morning. invite, non-invite. Exactly. That's what exactly. it is. Yeah. So if you want me to go grocery shopping with you, then we're going at 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday when there's nobody else there. Because I hate being in the grocery store fighting the lines at checkout, just like our producer Pat Costello. Probably about the only damn thing we got in common. <laughs> wow. Look at that. You know what? I don't know your wife yet, but most of the stories you've told me about your wife, I very much like her, and I feel like I'm very connected to her mentally and how she operates. But she's wrong, Mel, respectfully. You don't dual food shop. Waste the time. Because if you're going to go food shopping, she could do something else and vice versa. I agree. And it's not like, all right, I'm gonna, you take the left side of the aisle, I'll take the right side. Well, that sounds weird. Left side of the supermarket, right side of the supermarket. Yeah. You, you don't meet in the middle. This is not like – you want to do it – I go down every aisle no matter what. Yeah. Every, you do? Every aisle, Smalls. What a waste of time. Every aisle. Six o'clock in the morning. I don't have a pet, and that, I'll be looking at the dog food. That might be the most food. disturbing thing I've ever met, learned about him. That's disturbing. <laughs> I will be looking at Every dog and cat food. You take a white panel van when you go to the grocery store. My wife store. thinks I'm crazy on that one. She's like, why do you have to go down this aisle? We don't wow. need cat food. We don't have a cat. Doesn't matter. I'm going down the aisle. It's why? superstition why? thing in my head. A super th- like, That what? Like, I feel Your like, produce will go bad early no, if you don't? Like, all right, so there's 10 aisles. If I only go down nine, I feel like I'm not doing my job. I got to complete the task. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> but the, I, I very much will but go. But I'm to, with you. Grocery shopping, one, one person. Ma- one, one person job. One person one job. One person job. It's crazy to think. And it's, by not the way, a, it's not a tag team situation at the grocery store. And bringing the it's kids, not. not easy at the grocery store. I promise you that. Greeny coming up next. We are on to Animals. Wednesday. The parents, like not the kids. Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.